if we're sacrificing the message of the gospel and music and what we look like and that sort of thing becomes of first importance, well, discipleship has no hope because you don't have a foundation of the gospel. You have a foundation of this church is cool to me. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the In Doubt Podcast Show. I'm Isaac, your host. This is week two of our Christian Paradigm series where we're looking at some of the Christian trends that confuse true discipleship. Last week on the show, we had Pastor Doug Dunbar who really talked about the importance that we look at discipleship as a community thing. It's not merely individual. The fact that we live in a culture that's very me-centered can really confuse us in that sense. Anyways, make sure to go back and give that episode a listen. I was really impacted on what Doug shared and just the conversation that we had. Uh, head over to our episode podcast page on indoubt.ca or check out iTunes to listen to it. And one more thing, last week we published an article called Discipleship Is... Dot, 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 and it really just gets down to some basics of biblical discipleship in a way you can understand. Head over to indoubt.ca and give it a read. So this week, we have a treat. This is our first podcast of many where I'm going to be sitting down with some young adults and chat about whatever the topic is at hand. So I'm going to be transitioning over to that in just a moment and you'll meet everyone that's here. Uh, We're simply going to be talking about what discipleship is and what some of the trends are in the church that confuse that discipleship. So here's a post-millennial conversation on discipleship. Hey, this is Isaac. I'm here in studio with three other young adults. Uh, Here with me is Sean Witzke. He's actually the video production guy at Back to the Bible Canada and In Doubt and Laughing, and he does it all. Um, Hey, I'm glad you're here. Yep, glad to be here. That's good. Uh, We also have Rebecca uh, Cron. She also uh, works at Back to the Bible Canada. Uh, She does all the audio engineering, and she was actually the first... You're the first staff member. Yes, I am. Well, besides, obviously, our CEO and director of operations. But you've been here for how many years now? Uh, 2010. Nice. That's great. So she's here with us. And also, I have the privilege to have my wife as well in uh, in studio. Uh, she has uh, a, just a good head on her shoulders and has good things to say as well. So, um, And her name is Brittany, so she's here as well. Hey, guys. This week, uh, we're getting together as young adults to talk about uh, some of those Christian trends that we've seen in our life and in our kind of walk with God and in this Christian culture, but then also just to talk about discipleship and what it really truly is. So let's just first kind of establish uh, what exactly discipleship is, because uh, we know, like, let's say in Matthew uh, 28, before Jesus ascends into heaven, he calls his disciples, right? And he says, uh, you know, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, so on. And he says, teaching them, these people, to observe all that I have commanded you, and I'm with you always to the end of the age. So when we think of discipleship, we know that it's not an individualistic thing. It has to be done with a body. It has to be done with believers. Uh, So what are some ways, I guess, that that kind of looks like? I think it's important to remember that discipleship is not about being in relationship with people that are always um, 100% exactly like you mm-hmm. and have the same ideas as you or just the same personalities. It's, it's human nature to gravitate to what's like you and what you're familiar with. And that's why I think we get a lot of the appeal to the trends. And that's why we get a lot of the church hopping because we try and go to churches that you know, are, oh, we have, you know, that speaker speaks my lingo. And, you know, those people, they all wear plaid and it's awesome. I wear plaid, like superficial, but it's true. It's there. It's it's Um, (laughs) it's just important to remember, like, 
where discipleship is iron sharpening iron. And, uh, and that's not a, that's not a like pretty thing. Like when you, like when, you know, iron workers are working, it's like there's sparks and there's loud noises and things get heated and banged around and bent and shaped. And so that's not a pretty process and that's not an easy process. There's a lot of tension within that. So, and that's, that's a good thing. Like tension is not a bad thing. No, it's not. (laughs) And like... Barnabas and Paul, right? Yeah. They were called on ministry together and they were just like, should we bring Mark? Should we not bring Mark? Ah! And they were so angry that they went and did their own yeah, thing. Just, so yeah. it, it's so true. Yeah. That's a really good point. I think even coming down, right? When you come and you ask that question again of who do I want to be? And if that question eventually is, I want to be like Jesus. Yeah. Asking that question, looking at the church and being like, are these a bunch of people who are just like me? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like you even see it, my, my grandparents, they were part of like a small church in uh, Uh, in Vancouver. And it was primarily made up of German immigrants and uh, at least back then. And then you also have like Korean churches and Chinese churches and you just kind of have people who kind of flock together because of their culture. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like when that happens, um, like you said, iron sharpens iron being in a situation that might not be as comfortable. I mean, it's kind of uncomfortable being with someone who's culturally very different. And like you look in Revelation and you look that in the end, the church is going to be worshiping together with multiple tongues and multiple nations. And even like for me, it's like when I'm looking at what position should I be in that I'm going to be best discipled, that's probably going to look like a very multicultural situation, a very unique situation where you're, you're you're questioning yourself a lot of the time because people are coming against you and they're rubbing against yeah. you, right? You, you can't be around a bunch of yes men. Yeah, And it, it, that's a good point because I, I feel like we're kind of cultured to believe that it's not our right to sort of be in a place where we're uncomfortable. Like we have a right to be comfortable with the people that we know and, mm-hmm. and all of that. But it's like, no, that's completely opposite of what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. Like he had a group of scoundrels really, and they were bickering and everything like that. And, you know, who's greater and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what it's like. Yeah. We're yeah. all in this this together. You even look at like Paul and Peter too. It's like, you know, Paul like ministering to the Jews, right? And Peter suddenly in this point where it's like, you know, he has this dream and bacon comes down from, you know, the sky and he's like, oh my goodness, I got to start ministering to the Gentiles, right? And like suddenly there's this clash going on because like Jesus literally like is molding this church into this bigger thing that like uh, that the Jews were not expecting, right? Yeah. And I think what you just said there too, because we don't know from the text, but man, Peter could have had like stubbornness there too, yeah. because mm-hmm. if Paul's like already doing this and everything, and he mm-hmm. feels very strongly just to the Jews, finally now Jesus is saying, no, go to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. As disciples, we need to be like, we need to, we need to be humble and, mm. and just vulnerable to be shaped and banged around. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not, if we just always feel like we're doing it right and people should be okay with what we're doing, then again, we're just a product of the culture yeah. mm-hmm. if we are stubborn like that. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's move on to uh, a question. Um, what are some of those Christian trends? I think a dirty word in our culture is intolerant or judgmental. And so I think that, you know, our churches, we want to be relevant and we want to draw people in, which is great. But if our relevance depends on, you know, the music or what our stage looks like and that sort of thing, and if we're sacrificing the message of the gospel, and if that is not of first importance— and music and what we look like and that sort of thing within the church becomes of first importance, I think, well, discipleship has no hope because you don't have a foundation of the gospel. You have a foundation of this church is cool to me. Right. 
Yeah, actually, I remember a teacher in Bible college who said that lots of the big churches in the states, because they want to be more tolerant and more non-judgmental and just more seeker sensitive, they stopped using words like seriously, Jesus, blood, and lamb. They didn't want to use those mm-hmm. words in their church services because it would confuse them. Maybe it would turn them off or whatever. So it totally kind of fits yeah. in mm-hmm. yeah. that aspect as well. I think that's a, that's a good point. A big thing with kind of compromising the gospel in the church and kind of that priority, I think you're going to actually see that result in um, the goal of discipling your congregation. You're going to find that in the people eventually and in the culture and in the community is that Ultimately, discipleship is supposed to make you look more like Jesus. But if you initially have a church on the onset and on the mission to, I guess, in essence, be seeker-friendly but not feeding the flock that's there and the the believers that are already there, what you're going to have is you're going to have a a person who's being discipled to actually not look fully like Jesus. They're going to put things above looking like Jesus first. They're going to want to uh, look good, dress good, talk good, be good at the expense of acting like Jesus because they're going to think that's how I'm going to reach other people because that's effectively how the church reached them. Right. It's a yeah. good point. Because I think you can kind of, you look at an author or a speaker and they've reached a lot of people and you kind of focus more on trying to be more like this author and write and think like them or speak like the speaker, but you're not actually becoming more like Jesus. You're just becoming more like and this author. And people will be like, oh, I'm reaching people. Uh, I'm talking to people. People are coming to church. But suddenly that's when you've actually overglorified quantity over quality. Right. Because people think true discipleship has to do with making lots of disciples. Mm-hmm. And Jesus wasn't in the business of making lots of disciples. He was in the business of making real disciples. For sure. And that only looked like 12. And then three really only, you know, close ones too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really powerful. Uh, what are the kind of trends? Uh, I think going along the lines of like compromise and like seeker sensitivity and, and reaching a lot of people, that's kind of where churches are at right now. There's a big trend right now in just secular culture of just a lot of uh, leadership development and personal self-help development because the jobs that we want technically that you see a lot of people in our generation want are jobs that have high status jobs, high paying jobs, and jobs with fame. And so what that does is you see churches who are adopting uh, just these leadership movements, these mentorship movements, um, and and disguising them as discipleship. When that's not discipleship, because you look at mentorship and you look at leadership development in the secular world, the goal of that is to become the person who is mentoring you. The goal is to become or be better than the person who's mentoring you. What secular leadership development is, is becoming the person who is mentoring you or better than that person. But what discipleship is, is becoming like Jesus. Right. Right. And so I, I see in churches, there's this kind of... Um, this compromise uh, and, and this push and this movement of adopting those principles from the world to attract people like right. us. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. And we see that. I mean, you see people, like you said, sort of throwing away that uh, time and effort to become more like Christ, to become more like the next big person, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's sad. Yeah. I think it's interesting because as a result of these trends comes church hopping. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that because, yeah, that's a norm for our generation, post-millennials, mm-hmm. um, and even our culture in general, our church, our Christian culture. And um, that's, a, that's a hindrance towards um, true discipleship, being discipled and discipling, because obviously when you're always 
switching churches due to what's appealing um, mm-hmm. or due to your personal preference or even just your ideals. We're a very idealistic generation as well. When we're pursuing churches on that basis, then we don't invest in the community that the Lord has put us in, and we don't invest in those people around us. And it's in those relationships, those immediate relationships, be it at work or um, your family or Christian friends, that's where discipleship happens. So our generation's at a danger when, when we are jumping all over the place. We're not rooted in one community. We're going all over the place. Totally. And it's interesting because you have that one guy that wants to church hop to some other church because he wants to be mentored, but is disguised as discipleship because he wants to go to that church so he can learn from this guy. And the other guy just wants to go to the other church because the music's better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, then and then everything in between. Mm-hmm. So you have people going to this church and that church just to kind of fill that uh, hole they have. They feel like they need to fill, you know, uh, but it's just, it's, Yeah. And we're like, that's an easy thing for us to do as well, because we like our, our commuter generation as well. So getting to places, we, we drive half an hour, 45 minutes somewhere, and that's not a big deal for us. And also just social media in general, like networks us to all these different resources that are appealing to us, right? right. So we're like, ooh, we see that. We want that in church. So we're going to go in, to every single church until we find that, you know, that one piece of the puzzle that's going to make my church experience the best. Mm -hmm. So again, it becomes very Mm me-centered and it's not Jesus-centered. It's not Mm others-centered. I think what you said about me-centered too is is we're looking for churches of what can a church offer me. Mm -hmm. Often we go, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that versus going, what can I invest into this church? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And actually, Sean and I were talking a little while ago when we were traveling a little bit. Uh, We were thinking about post-millennials and more kind of located maybe on the West Coast, but really in a lot of different urban areas. But we want not just quality, but we want um, style as well. Mm -hmm. It has to look good Mm -hmm. and work well. And for a lot of people, and I'm even guilty of this, even if something's really good quality, if it doesn't look good online or in person or whatever, then I'm really, I'm not going to give it much time. So it's kind of interesting too. That fits into our church culture as well, that if a church doesn't look good. And and something else I was thinking about too, as we're talking about these churches, you know, you might have a church and we can think of churches in our own heads that people are driving an hour and a half to mm-hmm. every single Sunday or even more throughout the week. And there's thousands of people and uh, it's loud in the sense that the the congregation, they are talking about it. They want to get into it. And and uh, the thing is, though, there's nothing wrong with that in the sense that if the leadership are preaching the gospel yeah. and they are making every effort they can to plant more churches and to disciple the thousands of people there, then that's great. Um, I even think of like in the gospels, Jesus and his little group of disciples, they were you know, healing the sick and preaching the gospel and the report of them went around... Everyone. Yeah. It was far. Mm-hmm. It was far, and people were coming. So there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's the intentions in the heart of just that young adult who wants to go there because it looks cool. It's it's crazy though because still in the end of Jesus's life, you had this quantity, you had all these people listening, but you had very few who got it. Yeah. Right. Mm. And so um, I think we're so quick to go and say, oh, look how many uh, people are in my church or in our seats or who are joining this program or even who are listening to this podcast or whatever. And we look at that number and we go and say, oh, that's success. And like, even I'm guilty of that because that's how 
our generation has been raised. Our generation has been raised to um, analytically look at the result. Right. Are you achieving the result? Are you where you want to be? Are you achieving your goals? You need to push farther, push push faster. And and it's actually very hard to go and take the spiritual and just look at that because it's actually a very hard thing to quantify, right? right? And so we just look at the number. We just look at the body. We look yeah. at the person. Yeah. Um, and we actually don't look at is what I'm doing actually making other people look more like Jesus, right? right? And something that Doug actually in the last podcast said that, you know, God might call you to be a pastor of a, a rural little church, little tiny in, church yeah. in the middle of nowhere. But he said like, hey, if you have 50 people in your church and they're saved and in a town of 500, you've... That's success. That, well, that is because yeah. you're actually seeing you're seeing uh, the salvation yeah. of, of those people. Totally. So before we wrap up, what other thoughts do you guys have? Yeah, I think... For me, the biggest thing in in being discipled is, and I mean, we've talked about community and I have people and it's not like I don't have officially like they disciple me, but it's just out of relationship and out of, like you talked about, we can't be stubborn. We have to be humble. And so having relationships with people that I admire that are going to call me out and that they're not afraid to say, hey, this is where you're not like Jesus. And this is where... Like you've got to step it up there and we have to be able to be vulnerable with those people too. So in community, we have to spend the time, not church hopping, have to spend the time building relationships in where you can be authentic with those people and they can actually know, you know, Hey, I'm not perfect. And that they're willing to say, Hey, this is where you need to smarten up or whatever. So you have to be humble enough to take, good criticism mm-hmm. from those uh, mm-hmm. to help you in discipleship. But you also have to be sort of strong enough to, like Galatians 6.1, if you see a brother in lawlessness, restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Yeah. So you have to have that also. Like I'm like... Yeah. And just like, a, like practically and fundamentally, like we can't, I mean, if we want to be like Jesus, we got to be in the word, you mm-hmm. know, and we have right. to yeah. like mm-hmm. study Jesus. What was he like? What was he mm-hmm. doing? What was he saying? How is he ministering to people mm-hmm. and reflect that? So practically, like reading your Bibles and talking to Jesus, praying, like huge things for our personal like discipleship with Jesus. And mm-hmm. then the community aspect, mm-hmm. you know, talking with your friends like, hey, what is the Lord speaking to you? Um, or this is what I'm struggling with. This is the person God's put in my life right now. And it sucks. But like the Lord is growing me through it because he's teaching me grace and patience mm-hmm. and love. And yeah, like so talking about that with our communities, that's, you know, that's all part of it. Mm-hmm. It's all part of discipleship. It's good. And I think just to even finish up there, and it ties in exactly with what you're saying, Britt, is that discipleship really is a life thing. It's it's all of life all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not, you don't put hours to discipleship. You don't go to church to do discipleship and then go home. Uh, just like you don't go to church to do church. You know, it's churches all, churches mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. In that sense, it's like everything that we're doing. If we are just doing our job, we're making coffee, if we're doing sound video, whatever we're doing, we're, we're still modeling Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're always modeling Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever we are, whatever we are doing, we're constantly discipling and being discipled by Jesus all the time. And uh, I think just at the end of Matthew 28, where he says, I'm with you, behold, like, and that's, you know, behold, this is very important. Listen, I am with you always yeah. to the end of the age. So the spirit always helping us, mm-hmm. counseling us, convicting us, gifting us, speaking for us mm-hmm. constantly leading us on this path of life. Well, thanks so much, guys. That was a really fun, uh, fun chat. So 
yeah, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> see ya. See ya. See you at home, baby. Whoa. <laughs> and cut. And there we go. A post-millennial conversation on discipleship. With topics like these, it's easy to find multiple people with input, ideas, and beliefs. Uh, This conversation isn't just for us, it's really for all of us. So head over to our episode podcast page and tell us what you think. And hey, we've now completed two whole series on the In Doubt podcast show. We've been having lots of fun doing this and I hope you've been enjoying them as well. We've gotten feedback and have loved what you've had to say already. Hey, if you want, tell us your thoughts so far. Email us, message us, rate us on iTunes. It's incredible how much that helps. Well, that wraps up the Indoubt podcast show. To find out more about Indoubt and to listen to more podcasts, visit indoubt.ca. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and follow us. And hey, stay tuned next week as we start a new series called Walking the Line, a series on testimonies. That being said, I'm Isaac, and this is the Indoubt podcast. Indoubt podcast.